The following podcast is explicit and for adults only. Thanks for listening. But I won't complain and I won't quit I am enormous, get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, your tour guide to the wild side. And this week we have a story from comedian Zara Norbash. Welcome to episode 106. How's your week going? It has been kind of an interesting mix this week. You know how people like to, at the beginning of a year, like to kind of put a little tagline on their year. 2020 is the year of clarity. 2020 is the year of, I don't know, cleanliness. What would it be? But um, my friends have a saying, 2020, so far so good. Well, I think that might be because they're two weeks into the year. But I'm trying to keep that in mind as uh, it's been a daunting week this week. First, uh, I've had this cold that has now got to be at least bronchitis, if not pneumonia. (laughs) Nonetheless, I talk for a living, so here I am. And um, I've been on a lot of cold medicine, and I've been really sick. I've got enough cold medicine in me right now where I'm not coughing. My partner, Bent, was out of town, so I had to take Quake for a walk, and I lost my phone at Fort Funston, which is an enormous nature preserve and on the edge of San Francisco. I retraced my steps on a lot of cold medicine when I just wanted to go home and be in bed, but to no avail. I had to call and order a new phone. And it's really hard to be without your phone, guys. I pretty much gave up on it because I was having no luck. I posted on social media. Uh, I called the ranger station at the nature preserve. Nothing. And I was, you know, when you're sick, you feel really sorry for yourself. So I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. And then I had somebody who saw the post on social media. She had been walking her dog at Fort Funston and somebody had laid my phone on a log next to the parking lot. And so she picked it up and she saw the pop grip on the back that said Body Storytelling Podcast. And um, she started trying to track me down. She didn't know if I was the host of the podcast, but she saw that and that was a clue. Uh, Eventually she figured out the phone belonged to Dixie Dillator, although Verizon was not really helpful with that. And um, she started sleuthing. She found that the people who were sending me text messages, she could only see their names, were names like Bent Delator and Mosa, who have unusual names. So she went on Facebook and she started tracking those people down. And eventually it led her to my page, which said, damn it, I lost my phone at Fort Funston. And she 
sent me a picture of the phone and said, I have your phone. However, Facebook would not let her send me a message because we weren't friends. So she found our one mutual friend and said, can you contact Dixie? I found her phone. Have you ever tried to find your way to someone's house without GPS because you don't have a phone? It took me a long time to get to her house on cold medicine, but I eventually did it and thanked her profusely without hugging her so that I wouldn't get her sick. So yeah, huge mystery. New phone has to be returned. Let me tell you, getting a new phone from Assurian, that is a racket. Um, But I'll be sending that back this week because I got my more important phone back that who knows how long it had been since I backed that thing up. And then I had a show on Thursday of this week. It was a really good show. The stories were amazing. I'm always amazed at how the stories just come together. The energy of hundreds and hundreds of people. It just ups the energy for everybody. The stories were so much better than the stories as we coached. They just kept improving. On stage, they were phenomenal. And hopefully you'll get to hear one or two of them on the podcast soon. But the night before the show, still sick, still on cold medicine, I go out to my car and somebody's bashed in my back window on my Kia Soul. The back window on a Kia Soul costs about $500. Not only that, it's now the day of show and the entire back of my car is full of broken glass. I can't really load the show stuff into my car if it's full of broken glass because I'm a vent producer. There's a lot of things that I have to take into a show with me. I found a team member who was willing to pick me up, load everything into his car so that we could get to the show. He did all the load in and load out for me, thank God, because yeah, like I said, cold medicine. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that I have people who keep coming together to make everything work out. Just when it seems like, how can it possibly keep going so wrong? People keep making it right. Strangers people I've known for years, they really do their best to try and make my life a little bit better. I'm so grateful to not just the people that I get to see face to face, but people like you who send me fan mail, who send me letters, and just tell me that what I do is important. At a time like this, when I don't feel well, it means so much. Every single word that you write or that you record and send to me means a lot. Thank you to you. And hey, 2020, so far so good. I need you to join me. Join me in making the world a more accepting, more sex positive place by supporting us on Patreon. The costs of producing this podcast are far greater than what we make on Patreon every month. And I need your help to continue producing this podcast. There are so many expenses that are tech related that are non-negotiable. They have to be paid for. So if you could go to patreon.com slash body and support us at whatever level, our goals are to grow this year. And we can only do that with your support. Go to patreon.com slash body and thanks in advance. This week, we have a comedian on the podcast. Do you want to know who your storyteller is? Zara Norbash is a feminist Muslim, Iranian-American comedian and co-host of the award-winning podcast, Hashtag Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. The podcast was listed as a must-listen by Oprah Magazine and was invited to the Obama White House to record an episode. She is a senior fellow on comedy for social change with the Pop Culture Collaborative. 
in addition to her two sold-out performances of her stand-up comedy special on behalf of all Muslims at the Golden Thread Theater in San Francisco. Her solo performance of All Atheists Are Muslim, a romantic comedy, was originally directed by CNN's W. Kamal Bell. Riza Aslan says, always insightful, always subversive, Zara's comedic romps disrupt an outdated narrative. Her writing is featured in the New York Times and on NPR's Fresh Air with Terry Gross. You can see her on tour and find out more at ZaraNorbash.com. Guess what? This storyteller is Zara Norbash. Thank you for standing up. I live and die by applause. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Okay, so I'm in college. I'm in a dorm room. I'm at the International House, UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley in the house. Hey! I House. I'm at the I House, and this Italian chick is on top of me with her perfect porn star tits. And she leans into me and she says, so what do you like? (laughs) My ex-boyfriend never asked me that. No guy in college that you date ever asks you that. No guy in college you date ever asks you that. Nobody says, what do you like? And she's already about to do the one thing that it is that I like that I would ask her to do. And I don't know what to say. And the thing is that I'm here uh, because I'm trying to get back together with my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Dean. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm trying to get back together with Dean. My first boyfriend, my first love, and we've broken up and gotten back together again 11 times in nine months. (laughs) Where were you guys in 2003? (laughs) And okay, here's what would happen. Every time that he would start to fall for me, I'm not gonna say the L word, I'm not going to say the L word, but every time he would start to fall for me, then all of a sudden, all of these other girls looked really, really good to him. And that there was Susan, and then two weeks later, there was Sandra, and then two weeks later, there was Cheryl, and then two weeks later. And each one of these girls, there would be some talent that they had, something that he really, really liked. And I was so in love, you guys. I was so pathetically stupid and stupid in love, right? That uh, I picked up a lot of talents. <laughs> I learned how to play the piano. 
I mean, not really. It was like for Elise. Yeah, that's about that's about all I had. It was exhausting. It was exhausting trying to keep up with Dean and trying to get his attention all the time. But there was this funny thing that would happen where I would give up and I would meet somebody else and I would finally start to get over him. And then all of a sudden he would make some bold romantic gesture and he would show up on the date with me. And he would win me back. He would win me back and I would fall for him all over again and we would have two weeks of bliss and then he would break my heart again. And I did this with him over and over and over and over again. And then I find out that he's breaking up with me because he's gonna go on a road trip with Greta. (laughs) Fucking Greta. I like how this audience has been trained. Fucking Greta. Fucking Dr. Benny, fucking Greta, fucking asshole. (laughs) I love it. Fucking Greta. They were going to go on a road trip. They were going to meet his parents. (laughs) And... Greta, Greta was so amazing because Greta, oh my God, Greta, she was working backstage at a Bjork concert almost one time. (laughs) So here's a little bit about Dean. Uh, I really had the hots for Dean. He was like the six foot four Michael Sarah. (laughs) He had these thick horn rim glasses. And he wore plaid short sleeve shirts that he buttoned up all the way to the neck. (sighs) (laughs) Matt Lieb, see me later after the show. You don't have to suck your own dick. I really had it bad for Dean. And he, he was a DJ. He was a DJ and he was a philosophy major. I know, I know, I know. Where were you in 2003? And he used to do this thing with his hands where he, when, when, at, at the turntables, he would be like. <sighs> I totally would fall for it every time. But this time I was pissed. I was pissed and I was seething and I was like, I'm gonna get revenge and I'm gonna get him back. (laughs) And I found out that while he was gone for the summer, a young woman that he was really, really into, this Italian exchange student who was staying at the International House named Sophia. He really had a thing for Sophia, and I found out by making friends with all of his friends <laughs> that he, uh, that she, Sophia, had a thing for me. So, I knew that Sophia always went to the library at the specific time in the day every day. Because at Moffitt. (laughs) These are true stories, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, I uh, waited outside, you know, kind of just like hanging. And, and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, hey, Sophia, how's it going? And uh, she was getting uh, ready to grab a cigarette, which I knew because I was watching her every day, always <laughs> at that time. She smoked Galois, Galois cigarettes. And uh, I, I, as I was hanging out with her outside the library, I was like, holy shit, I'm a little bit out of my league here. Because that was the first time that I really got to see her and uh, she was hot. She looked like if Megan Fox was a librarian. <laughs> she had these glasses that I'm really into, right? I'm really into the like thick glasses and she had this like wavy hair and she looked like fucking Megan Fox. And she's Italian and she's got this gorgeous accent, and when she talks, she gestures with her shoulders, and she gestures with her hips, but when she walks, she walks like a dude. And it was so hot. And I grabbed one of her cigarettes, and then another one, and I put them both in my mouth. <laughs> and I lit them both, and I said, here, this is how you light a cigarette. Thank you. I'm 23. And she says, oh, both sexes. Yeah, I had a moment like that too where I was just like, Yeah, I guess that's true about me. <laughs> and she uh, says that I should meet her at Jupiter. Since you guys appreciate the specifics. And I show up that night uh, to Jupiter and I am like, oh my God. She gets up, she's wearing high heels and a three-piece plaid blue-yellow suit. She has a vest and she has the gold chain. She looks like if Megan Fox was a sexy librarian in the movie Untouchables. In high heels. And she just gets up and walks over to me with her drink like it's nothing. Like she's just like but this doesn't happen. <laughs> and uh, I am like sweating. And uh, she says, uh, what do you want to drink? And I say, whatever you're having. Because we've established that I'm clever. <laughs> and uh, she's having a dirty martini with gin. And I'm like, oh, what's gin? <laughs> and I'm just like kicking these back with her and like talking and I don't know what the fuck I'm saying I'm trying to sound like a professional lesbian 
I don't even know what that is. But I assume it's something that is not me. And that knows everything about pussy. And loves it all dirty and hot. And I'm like, yeah, I like my martinis dirty, just like my sex. Smokey Galois, Smokey Galois. Have another martini. Yeah, I kick him back right after the other, just like I have my sex. Smokey Galois, Smokey Galois, Smokey Galois. And I'm really fucking drunk, and she's really hot. And I throw my leg over hers at the bar. And I say, you should ask me back to your place. And we go back to the I house, and I'm like, yes, because Dean lives at the I house, and all of his friends will see me walking with her, and they will tell him about it. Yes. And we go up to her room, and we go into her dorm room. She puts like the little rubber band on the doorknob to let everybody know do not disturb. And we get inside and she's killing me because she won't make the first move, so I have to, right? So I'm like trying to like figure out what's a smooth way and so I just grab her and I kiss her and it's the first time I've ever kissed a woman. And her face is so soft. Her face is so soft and her lips are so soft and her tits feel so good. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm sorry, Dean. (laughs) And we're making out, and she says, so what do you like? Right. And I just jump back into like the sexiest film I can think of that I've ever seen and it's nine and a half weeks and in nine and a half weeks there's this one scene where Kim Basinger grabs Mickey Rourke and she bites his lip and I say biting, biting is hot. (laughs) She rips off my pants. I mean she just like rips them off and my underwear with them, whoosh, gone. And she puts her whole mouth over my vagina like she's covering the side of a planet. (laughs) Just And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it feels just like waterfalls, just like melting waterfalls and angel wings. And then she bites my clit. (laughs) And I go, oh my God. And she goes, oh yeah, you like that. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, oh shit. The only thing I know how to do is fake it. I've been dating guys in college. All I know how to do is fake it. So I'm like trying to fake it. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. And she thinks like she's amazing. And I'm just like coming and I'm coming and I'm coming. And I'm like, why the fuck aren't we stopping? And I realize, oh, because we're two women. This doesn't end. (laughs) I have masturbated for 12 hours before. This could go on for three days. 
I grab her by the shoulders and I say, it's your turn. And she says, oh yeah, you like it dirty. We'll put it on the rinse cycle. I don't know what that means. She's on her period. Which I realize when she takes off her pants. And she lays back and I am a professional lesbian. And uh, I've been really good at picking up talents. If I can play the piano. For Elise. And uh, I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be the topic of like juicy gossip that like bolts out of the like dorm room with a rubber band on it and her laughing and being like, ha 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 ha, she was not a professional lesbian. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want Dean to hear about that. I, wanna, I wanted Dean to hear about how many times she came. So I look down and I realize, oh my God, we have the same vagina. And I'm kind of comforted by this. <laughs> and I'm really good at rubbing off. And I bet you know, I bet I know what she likes. I bet I know what she likes. And I get down there and I am like a fucking composer. I'm like Mozart with a symphony, like do 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 do. And she goes, si, 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 mondiamo, mondiamo, mondiamo. And I'm like, fuck, this is so hot. This is so fucking hot. And she comes, she orgasms, and I look down at myself and I feel like I've killed a bear. And I am so pumped full of adrenaline and covered in blood and I feel awesome. And I go wash off and we spoon. And I realize I don't need to get back together with Dean. And even though she's gonna be gone uh, for in a week, she's going back to Italy, I uh, now know what it is that I like. Because my clit really hurts. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, that's my story. Thank you, folks. Thank you, everyone. Just kiss her We went all the way and I liked it What's the point of trying to hide it? You never know till you've tried it I didn't just kiss her She put it on my tongue and I licked it 
I think she wishes she could forget it But you sure seem to love every minute Oh, oh, I don't know what the problem is Why she gotta try so hard to keep it all a secret, yeah A secret, yeah I didn't just kiss her We went all the way and she liked it She likes to think she didn't invite it Scratches on because she tried to fight it Oh, I didn't just kiss her She whispered what she wanted to put in me Swore that she'd respect me in the morning But when the sun came up, she left without a warning Oh, oh, I don't know what the problem is Why she gotta try so hard to keep it all a secret, yeah A secret She only kissed me for the boy's attention She's trying to blame it on a little too much booze But I can testify she knew what she was doing It was almost like she'd done it all before oh, 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 oh. song was I Didn't Just Kiss Her by Jen Foster. <sighs> the episode you're listening to is just a part of a live body storytelling. Body is a chance to come together in a room with hundreds of open-minded, enlightened, body-positive people who are more like you than you think. So here's your next chance to feel more connected and less lonely in the world. This week, on January 16th, I'm in Seattle. The theme is going to be brand spanking new. It's a brand spanking new year, and I've gotten some fantastic story pitches for this show. I've got a story from Sarah C. about kink that is beautiful and poignant. I have one story about hooking up in Saudi Arabia that's going to blow your mind, and a story about a mysterious letter that arrives with complex instructions that our storyteller follows to the letter. How will it all turn out? Is there anything better than listening and watching your friends and neighbors tell you about what happens in their bedroom or their hotel room or at that desert sex party they went to? You know, be there. You can find out. In February, the Rebar Seattle has made a special request of us. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary on February 19th, and they went body storytelling on stage for their big anniversary show. So our theme for February 19th is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
in honor of the Rebar's long-standing contribution to Seattle's queer and musical heritage. Body's big 13th anniversary show is about six weeks away, so that's time for you to be able to buy a plane ticket so you can be there because it's going to be an amazing night. It's going to be on Saturday, February 22nd. It's a two-show night, and that means you can get a wristband so you can hear every single story told that night. The 7 p.m. show is my wish list storytellers. I'm working on it now. I hope to make an announcement soon. And then at 10 p.m., our infamous best of body show where you vote to tell us who to put on the stage. And both of the anniversary shows are going to feature the music of our talented friend, Rachel Lark. By the way, while we're talking about the 13th anniversary show, I have added something new. We've added VIP tables. And it's specifically because so many people who win bango come up and tell me about the antics they get up to after they get that prize bag of sex toys that really lets people know that you have everything you need right there in the building doesn't it so we're going to be giving away prize packages to the people who get vip tables for the 13th anniversary show It's going to be right up front on the front row. You're going to get goodie bags with lots of sexy toys in it. And I'm already getting requests to get VIP tables for the entire two-show night. I was like, that's a good idea. I should do that. So you can find tickets to the VIP tables and learn more about that at our website. And speaking of our website, we have a beautiful new website page with all the shows that are scheduled upcoming for body storytelling. It's easier to navigate, gives you dates for body far into the future, and I want you to save the date. We're doing a special post-parade show after the Gay Pride Parade on Sunday, June 28th. Come spend pride in San Francisco. And we're doing a post-Folsom Street Fair show on Sunday, September 27th. Start planning your travel accordingly. Tickets for all of those shows and all of our current show dates through June can be found on our website, bodystorytelling.com. And we're also going to have links in the show notes. I want to say thank you to Good Vibrations. They sponsor Body Storytelling's bango prizes. So if you've ever been in a live show, watch me pull a bango card and called somebody up onto the stage so that I can unload those amazing bags of prizes into the winner's arms, then you know how good they've been to us. Often we will have incredible products and they're sponsored by Good Vibrations in San Francisco and Babeland, their sister store in Seattle. They are the original sex positive toy store and you can find them online at goodvibes.com. That's it for this week. Let's say thank you to the team who makes this podcast possible. Thank you to sound engineer David Grossoff, to video archivist Joe Moore, to podcast producer Marty Garcia, Thank you to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling just one friend about this podcast. And if you have two minutes, a review of this podcast, a written review would blow my 2020 into the air. It would make me so happy. So if you have the time, I love to read your words. I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 106 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And here's a peek at what's next. And he turns it on, and I am like, I have never felt anything like that before, okay? And like, I had never had an orgasm like that before, and another orgasm like that, and another orgasm like that, and another one, and I then, like, I'm just, I can't stop, and there's this 
splash that happens all over the bed. And Mark is like, oh my God, you're a squirter? And I was like, oh my God, am I a squirter? Like, is this what's happening right now? Like, 